Welcome to the Let's Talk About Church Safety and Security podcast, where we discuss the issues churches face protecting their flock while maintaining a Christ-centered focus with your host, Paul Buckner. So folks, I've got a very exciting uh, episode of a podcast today for you. So my friend Jason Hevner really helped me to understand a lot about myself, about my personality, about where I come from, about what helps me to feel fulfilled and what helps and what, what ends up making me feel drained. And I, I took a bunch of different personality tests and I know this sounds random and strange, but how how we understand our own personality and how we understand the personalities of folks that we interact with actually has an enormous impact on how fulfilled we feel, how fulfilled they feel, and being able to retain people within that team environment without actually burning out. So uh, I've, I've known Jason for a couple of years now, and when he helped me to really open that up and go, okay, this is this is who you are, the way God made you to be. It really has blessed me enormously and has helped me as a chaplain and a friend to help other people to realize what stresses them out or helps them to feel fulfilled. So rather than belabor it, I'm going to bring Jason in. Hey, buddy. Howdy. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you got from where you started to where you are now. Okay. Well, thanks for putting me on the show. This is great. Absolutely. A lot of fun. And uh, we're, we're uh, it's been about 20 I was about to see, doing the math here. Uh, I was an electrician for about 10, 10 years, 15 years. And then uh, as, as time went on, I looked around me and noticed that a lot of my tradesmen were, uh, were not like me. And uh, I was feeling quite unfulfilled in my work, but I had become a master electrician, owned my own business, and just was not fulfilled. And then through a lot of heartache and things like that with church issues and, and a lot of sorrow, I began to really turn my mind towards relationships and, and like, why? why aren't relationships working when God seems to say this should all work out uh, if we follow his ways. And, and yet there's along with pride and other, other things uh, we, I don't know, we still fail. So I started to study why, why are these things happening? And uh, through that study, I've put, put about four years of, of personal study into it, but also uh, was certified through MBTI uh, who talks about our design. And, and, and what sort does of that modified that. What is that acronym? MBTI is a uh, Myers-Briggs type indicator. So it's uh, uh, Catherine and Isabel Myers. They uh, kind of put together a formula that kind of helps see our, de our design. And I look at that now as, hey, that's how we're built in the image of God. They didn't do that, but that's kind of where I've gone with it. Nice. Well, and that's something, so you and I offline have had these, some of the most amazing conversations. And, and that's actually yeah. what really made me want to do this tonight is, um, it was after a church safety guys broadcast and, and I had just shared this with you. I, I owe a great debt to James McGarvey because he introduced the two of us yeah. and we got the talking and then we were like, wait, you're like me. And right. so we, we talked for a couple of hours after a broadcast was over and, and I had taken these personality tests and I had worked for corporations that tried to peg me and I'd been in all these different environments and they were like, Oh, we'll take this personality test. And what kind of an asparagus are you or whatever, right. whatever the flavor yeah. was, you know, and uh, you know, what kind of potato are you? And uh, I was like, I hate these things. And I, I could, I can do so many different things well, but just back to what you said a moment ago, there's a, a narrow handful of things that help me to feel to feel incredibly fulfilled. And so we were talking, and then I just felt this quickening in my spirit because it's one thing to understand that we're that we're made in God's image, and it's but but then to actually understand that there's a type that God right. makes different types of personalities, and we're we, all part of the body of Christ. We almost show we almost show different aspects of God in a different way. Almost like I like to look at it as like a prism sort of. Each one of us have a different color. Nice. We go to church and we have we kind of all show Jesus in this brilliant white, uh, perfect and pure. But we all kind of as we separate, we all have our own colors. Like or like the eye, the ear and the eye and the foot in the church. You know, yeah. God says the different parts, and so we we, we sh we're part of the body, but we're different. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm the armpit. Um, I, I know when I get to heaven, he'll let me know for sure, but oh, I, be on yourself. you definitely have, I like to joke, but you, yeah. we definitely have different personality traits. And I started as a chaplain to, to really kind of understand those things. And I'd played with love languages and understanding different things and, and realizing that certain people, like I had certain 
personality traits that I shared in common with some of those folks, but things that they felt very fulfilled by didn't fulfill me at all. Yeah. And you were talking about how you, you literally went through an apprenticeship all the way up to journeyman to master. And you, you went through all of this and got really, really good at something. And then you looked around and went, I don't know that this is what I want to do. Yeah. I even and, had my own business for five years doing that trade. And yeah. There's still no joy in it. <laughs> well, yeah. and that's one of the things about when you and I had that conversation, I like making money, but I would rather do something I enjoy. And we, we were talking about this in one of our conversations being ENFPs, which is our, our two shared personality types. Yeah. Um, we are, we would actually rather make less money and be way more fulfilled by what we do than do something we hate and make a ton of money at it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and some people like I've, I've had friends straight up go, dude, I'll, I don't care what it is. If it pays enough money, I'll do about whatever. And right. right. And, and I'm really great. Like if you put me in a crisis situation, I'm really great during that crisis, but don't put me on an assembly line. And I'm, we've talked about this. Thunk, thunk, yeah. Thunk, don't do that to me. Cause I would, I'll be right. like, <laughs> and one thing about learning about personality is, is rather than, Look, looking at disdain with that job, we can say, wow, I'm so glad that there are people out there that get satisfied by saying, hey, I made 700 of these today. I did it well. and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And, yes. and they take joy in that. I'm like, cool. I respect that. <laughs> Versus be able to do it. <laughs> somebody. Yeah. Or to be able to do that repetition and be and find reward in it. That's okay, too. It's yeah. just not us at all. Well, there was a guy, he's retired, but there's a machine shop. I do a lot of IT work for, and I do their computer repair and networking. And his job for 25 years, probably was to sit and stare at a machine and watch it mill down pieces of metal. And if it malfunctioned, his job was to stop the machine, fix the problem and get it going again. And I stood there one day for a couple of minutes watching him. And I thought, I would literally wither away and die from sheer boredom. Like my spirit yeah. would leave my body. <laughs> yeah. What we like to do is learn something about 70% and then we're on to the next topic, the next new thing. And let's, you know, I, we do need to kind of discipline ourselves to learn something completely sometimes, but then, but our joy is to learn new things and, and yes. on to the next. Well, and, and, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different things with personalities, but one of the things when we originally talked about getting together to have this conversation was not understanding what fulfills us can actually leave us very dissatisfied in life. And there's, there's certain things that every believer is commanded to do. We're to, to live righteously. We're to, we're to walk humbly with our God. We're to raise our families and, and lead mm -hmm. them to Christ. You know, we're to, to go out and, and baptize them. And they, you know, but then within that, there's so much freedom. Yeah. to within within our relationship with God and understanding that God makes certain types of personalities certain ways like you and I were talking one time about maybe the apostle Paul was this type of personality type or this other person was that type of personality type mm -hmm. understanding that that's why those books of the bible are written with the flavor that they have so the message was from God but the flavor was unique to them. Mm -hmm. And as I started to kind of unpack that mentally and go, oh, that's good. And then to realize I've always been a unicorn. And that was back to our conversation. We had the very first conversation. Yeah. I've always joked that I was a unicorn because I could never really peg myself within uh, a category. And you worked rather exhaustively with me. And then, and then you finally went, I'm completely satisfied. You're an ENFP and yeah. then whatever it was. I thought you were ENTP for the longest time because you have your logic and different parts, but, but like you, you, you're like me, you've got a lot of passion and values that drive you. That, that that's, that's not logic first. And uh, it's a, so to be able to analyze that and then, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And then once you discover it, then you, then if you accurately understand it, there's a wonderful blessings that come from it. But if you, if you quickly just try to get your personality, then go, like, be careful because you can go down the wrong path. But if you got it, if you're accurate, boy, what a blessing to be able to understand. Here's how I'm made. Here's how I fit into the puzzle piece. Yeah. So you had said something that I've never forgotten, which is that nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's one thing for somebody to say that saying nature versus nurture, but then to understand within the context of your personality and go, oh, oh, okay. So this is my personality type. But um within how i was raised like right. i have a, a family member that was taught you never you never speak your feelings because it only makes things worse mm -hmm. and that makes relationships difficult you know because that's a person the, bottles that's things the nurture up. yeah 
Yeah. And so their nature is to be a communicator and their nurture is don't communicate. Right. And so we're being taught to deny ourselves or whatever. And so within the freedom that, it, that is in Christ, it really opened up a lot of things for me. So as it pertains to church safety, so let's let's build a fictitious church safety team and let's put somebody in charge and, and we won't name their personality, but let's build a fictitious church safety team. And then and then let's put a bunch of different people with with different personalities on that team. And let's talk about how to lead them. And then let's talk about what what makes them feel fulfilled and what drains them so, uh give me a personality type and we'll start down that road yeah so maybe this can relate to your audience because we don't know if there's any number of different types of teams that are out there yes um, so people can just say well maybe what, what does my team look like mm. well you can be expecting that uh so, so there's 16 personality types so it's, it's big but it's limited to 16 <laughs> and uh of those there's a good portion of them, kind of the majority, or what's which normal in our society is to be what we call sensory dominant. And uh, a lot of these sensory dominant people are past focused. So what they'll try to do is, is to try to replicate what works from the past. You know, uh, we've tried this and which worked. So let's keep doing it. Um, but then you and I are another kind of breed. And we're kind of like, uh, maybe we can improve this. What's a new, what's a new possibility. And, and, and I joke like, like sometimes we want to reinvent the wheel just because that's fun to do. <laughs> like we're, we're bored with the old wheel, which is not always a strong thing. So what in your team, you're going to have some people who are, are, are always looking to improve and you're going to have other team members who are looking to repeat what works. Um, and so you can have a, a real pull, a tug and pull mm. where the forward focused uh, team members really uh, help. Is you know if your church is is gone from a, say a young family type church, and the gen it, it, it's kind of changed into an older generation type church, you're gonna might have to change procedures. You know if you've got past focused people on on a on a congregation that's shifted, hmm. well those procedures might have to be reconsidered. That's gonna be hard for your S dominant uh, past focused people, uh, and it's gonna be great f um, fuel for the the, the new uh, the people trying to trying to be um, innovative. Nice. But then at the same time, you're right. You can imagine if, if, if things haven't changed all that much for the last 10 years, your innovative people are going to get bored and, and want to leave. And you can get kind of an imbalance in your team. So you're looking, you just kind of kind of need to remember that, that there, you have these two types of people. Um, uh, there's many other factors, but that's just one to, to, to name. Yeah. So I yeah. love that because we were talking before we started the broadcast and we kind of had to go, oh, we should probably start the broadcast so we don't lose some of this. Talk about all this, but, right? Yeah, because we were having this great conversation. We're like, oh, we should probably start this. Um, one of the things that really kind of surprised me getting into doing the chaplain thing and getting into the church security world, I mean, the last 13 years has been a wild ride. And one of the things that I kind of stumbled onto was like, it's easy to go, oh, well, a sheepdog is a sheepdog. Like a cop has this personality or a veteran has this personality or somebody that wants to do security has that personality. Yeah. And there's so much variety within that. And I was actually talking with a young officer last night, a great guy that we were talking about how like there are certain kinds of cops that are really passionate about working traffic. And then there's guys that could care less about that. And they're all about like getting the drugs off the street. And then you got the people that their their passion is this other thing, like, like domestic violence. And they want to get the abusers off the street. And some of that's nature and some of that's nurture, but we have that within our safety teams, our security teams. And I, I think that was really an eye-opener for me because what, what feeds me may very quite literally not feed or or be repulsive to drain. someone else. Yeah, drain, drain, you, drain someone. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And so, you know, if you're, you know, we were talking about, I've worked with a lot of different people in security. And so you get people that are kind of loners. And I've had guys that are like, look, look I'm not, I'm not a talker. I'm not a conversationalist. Just put me out in the parking lot and, and I'm really observant and I'm, I'll be out there and I'm super happy. And that's my jam. And then you got people that they're like, I will chew through my shoe. <laughs> I will eat my hat. If you stick me in that parking lot, I need somebody to talk to. And understanding that about people is not every single person's going to fit a particular category. So what, what does that spark for you? Well, actually, as I'm listening to you, starting off with the nature versus nurture, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you take, if you, if you say, Oh, great, great idea, Paul, I'm going to go take a test now and, and find out all of my, 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 uh, my staff members. Hmm. Some things to consider is that is that nature versus nurture part. If you find out, oh, I've got an introvert here, and they're they're uh, they're so they should be behaving this way. 
well, their nurture could be that being an introvert is, is wrong. <laughs> their nurture could be like, oh, you have to talk to people. And, and that introvert may feel quite disjointed. Uh, so there's a lot of this. Uh, it's, it's beautiful to know the design of the person. Mm. So you can kind of put them in there, uh, what, what makes them flourish. And so you, you have to kind of listen to their listen to their story. And, and uh, they might even, um, I don't know, there's, just, there's so many factors. But the, the two things we're looking for, and if you take it back to the Bible, right, if this is churches, we're looking for wisdom and knowledge. And really, mm-hmm. when we talk about personality, we're really saying, how does this person handle their wisdom? And how do they handle knowledge? Uh, so the past focus people, their knowledge is saying, hey, I see something that works. Let's keep doing that. There's another type of knowledge is uh, I can see how we can be more efficient, more effective. I know that we can be more effective. Let's do that, which is more forward focused. And then that's on the, that's on the knowledge. On the wisdom side of things, there's just two, logic and values. Some people, they just want to do what's logical, and they can be kind of coarse, kind of a little bit edgy, but we need them to, 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 to say the truth. And then there's people like you and I who we can do that, but we sort of, if we have a preference, we want to be values dominant. We want to say this is good. You know, let, let's do it because it's good. That's why we want to do it. But wisdom kind of requires both. And so when we have our team, uh, if we're only talking to, if we're the team leader and we're only talking about values, we're going to lose the logic dominant people who, who say, hey, wisdom is, you know, part of this. And, and the logic dominant people, if you have a bunch of values team members and you're always talking logic, they're going to say, what's the purpose? Where's the heart of this? Yes. So understanding personality. Yeah. yeah, they have to have a why. So holding a team together. Is, is really necessary to know that I have different designed members and, and attending to that. You know, I love that because understanding that maybe your pastor has a specific personality type or your spouse has a specific personality type. If you're trying to have a conversation with somebody like we, you and I were talking about this one time, um, probably a year ago. So I'm probably going to butcher part of the conversation, but we were talking about when you're talking to somebody and you're trying to explain something to somebody, if if they're purely logical and, and values mean nothing to them, you have to speak to logic. And so if you understand that about that person, that they speak certain ways and they react in certain ways, um, there are people that literally you say, please don't touch that. It's hot. Oh, copy that. Object is hot. Do not touch. And then you've got people like you're going to burn yourself and you're going to hurt yourself. And I'm over, overly simplifying it, but yeah. there are people that like they don't, they, they react totally differently to the same thing. And one of the things that I, I think I do well is I use analogies and tell stories and it seems to resonate with people because I've had people that I'm like, please lock that door. And because if you, if you lock that back door to the stage, no one can come through that door and they have to come around the front. Well, that's inconvenient to me because I like to park back there. Well, at XY Church, a guy came in through that back door and, and stole a bunch of people's purses and wallets. Oh, crud. Okay. Let's lock in that door. Right. In other words, it didn't, it didn't, you know, you're forward focused. You're like, that should give you enough of a reason. But as, as soon as you give a past reason that, oh, it's actually happened in real life before. Okay. Now I'll do it. Like some people need that. Some people need that. Um, it's a little bit of a weakness. I should say for, for, for all of us, uh, you know how the Bible says to uh, esteem one another better than yourself. Like that's really hard to do actually in real life. Like it's really hard <laughs> to be a team member and esteem the other members better than yourself. Uh-huh. And it, uh, understanding personality is also part of weakness. And like, if we just obeyed that, we wouldn't need to understand as much as we do, but this sort of helps us in our weakness to be like, okay, and I, 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 think, like I think this can expand out. I forget what those toys were that they used, like, that they were, they're, they're flexible plastic and they're segmented and you can go and they're huge and you can go yeah. and they're small. Right. Yeah. And so I kind of want to do that right now. I don't know what those things are called. Somebody will know and they'll make a comment. But that there's so much in this because, yes, at a level, it's fairly simple. But then whoop, there's so much more to it. Um, I want to go back to what you just said because I think it's important. There are literally people – like I, I had a conversation with a lady that I was doing security for a, for a church. And um, I come around a corner and um, she had stacked boxes against the emergency exit – I believe it was against it or right next to it. And there was a pew that had been put on an emergency exit aisle that was a it was a hallway that the pew would not allow someone in a in a handicap chair to to get out of the building. And I said, Hey, I said, I, I I'm gonna have to move this pew. Like this, this is not safe. She's like, Oh, it's fine. And I said, Well, right, but like me, I guarantee you, you would never forgive yourself if like a person in a wheelchair tried to get out during a fire and couldn't. She's like, Oh crud, where do we need to put that pew? And like for some folks and and 
I, I think that's a challenge for being an ENFP is we see connections between things that other people don't sometimes. And so for, for us, we're like, well, how did you not see that connection? And so I've had, I've had to learn and I, I definitely don't have this mastered to try to find, like I try to be like water and flow into it. And some people are super logical and some people it's all emotion driven. And for some people like it's consequences or it happened in the past. I spend a lot of time actually thinking in the future, like, what could happen. And I I think I want you to really kind of maybe open that up a little bit because a lot of people I talk to when I sit there like, Oh, Paul, nothing's ever going to happen here. That's bad. And a lot of us as sheepdogs are like, why does everyone say this? And then, but when you can say to somebody, well, actually in education at this time, that very thing did happen and somebody got hurt. Oh, crud. Mm. Well, then we need to change. What kind of personality types fit into that and then and then how do we how do we logically or emotionally or whatever help them because a lot of times they're in leadership and we can bump yeah. into those things right perhaps they're not they're not valuing your role and they're saying well this is more about that god's going to protect us or, or they may have some sort of higher view that's uh, that you, where your responsibility is to, to is to take care of the flock i think 70 percent of the people that are in church safety just went amen yeah. Because we, we all at some point were like, bad things could happen. And the people that we report to are like, no, they don't. And we're like, but but they kind of do. And, and we lovingly, respectfully try to work within that framework. So if, uh, you know, I, I've been doing this for, like I say, four or five years. And it's to the point now where I can begin to type people just visually, just in conversation. So, mm -hmm. and if you're, and this actually will help you in a number of things, maybe de-escalation in other areas. But let's stay on this topic. Hmm. is listen to the person's speech pattern. If they're often talking about what's good and bad and they're saying, oh, that's a good idea or that'll never happen. If they give you value type feedback, you, you're it's very likely you're de dealing with a values uh, dominant person. So when it comes to wisdom, so you're going to want to give not a logical reason to move the pews. You're going to want to give a value reason. Like I understand that this is going to be functional right now, but we value human life so much that we're going to move this pew because we value human life. Copy but that. then- on the logical side of it, you might hear somebody saying, well, that doesn't work. That's not true. That's statistically impossible. You know, they may have all these things. Well, then you want to shift out of your own personality and, and kind of uh, um, serve that other person by, by speaking their language. And if they're talking logic, you kind of have to say, let, let me think, especially like you and I, we're not logic dominant. We, we can be logical, but our, our, our go-to is values. Mm. We kind of think, okay, how do I shift out of this and speak from a logical standpoint? Um, Maybe we have to get a couple of statistics. Maybe we have to get a couple a couple of facts together and that we can say, here's our argument. Like, this is what I've got for you. Maybe it's my responsibility, but try to shift out and talk to them from a logical point of view. And um, see, I try to throw things like yeah. that together when I talk to people because it's kind of my hand grenade approach to, to certain conversations because I don't really know exactly what is going to work for that person. But if right. I throw the hand, if I throw, if I throw the hand grenade into the room, I'm going to get something. And so yeah. I'll, I'll say something like, well, um, I totally, I totally understand. But we, one of the reasons that I am concerned about this is like yourself, I don't want anybody hurt. I want church embarrassment or whatever. And, and this has happened in the past. And I know like me, you would feel bad if it happened. Well, I tried to cover my bases when I said that. Yeah. And so that's you know, really, yeah, if I could just jump in, that's a, please. an even better, an even better way of approaching so so on the one hand if, if you know the person well you can speak their language mm. but what is it's even better to speak wisely which is to speak both in values and logic kind of Copy touching that. on both and not just speaking from our own perspective but like okay uh kind of giving both sides that's an even better pattern to uh to to kind of get yourself into is is recognizing i, I favor one values mm. or logic but wisdom requires both and so i should i should basically bring both of those into conversation uh, like a hand grenade, you know, like you say, like a, dealing because with both. You, sometimes you only have a few seconds to talk to somebody and you got to find a way to get to common ground. And, yeah. you know, you've got people that you to go over to love languages for a minute. You've got people that what reaches them is acts of service. You've got people that it's, it's, um, words of, um, Oh, uh, affirmation, affirmation. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got people that it's touch and they need to be hugged. Well, 
you know, you, you can try different combinations of things. And as people, especially in the alpha male, like law enforcement, military world, for them to start like hugging you, they have to really trust you. And you have to be like, like, like family to them. Like, as in, I just said it like a teenager, but I mean, you have to be the, the equivalent of family to them before they'll hug you. Mm -hmm. And so, and say, I love you. And, and I've got cops now that say, I love you to each other. And, um, the so I try to bring all of those aspects together because different people are fed different ways. And I mean, I mean, you know, this when you're talking to somebody, there are people which blows my mind because I'm highly money motivated now, not immorally because my values are very high and my values are based on, on Christian ethics. So to, yeah. to take a bribe is wrong to, to sell drugs is wrong, but, sure, sure. but I'm very money motivated. So if somebody said, Hey, this video project I want you to do, and I'm going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars, first off my test would be, so I'm not doing illegal or immoral. Yeah, okay. Right? Let's talk. Yeah. And now I'm very interested, but I actually have met a couple of people in my life and I'm just like, I don't know how to wrap my mind around you. They're not money motivated at all. Mm -hmm. A little bit. <laughs> and, you know, and, and then there's people that they are so success oriented that, that everything has to be, they look at everything in life as did I succeed? Did I fail? And you and I share this in common, like, well, that was cool. I just learned something really cool from that. And I had this great conversation with Jason Hefner and they're like, yeah, but, but what did we achieve? <laughs> you know? Achieve? Yeah. Yeah. I can communicate better, which is one of my main goals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so going back to the teams thing. Uh, so when we have teams, I, I like to talk about a little bit about what maybe makes a certain, will help a certain personality type feel fulfilled and then opposite would make them feel drained. So hit me with a personality type and let's, let's talk about what makes them. Well, um, let's see, whatever, it, it, there's so much geometry in this and, and, you know, we look at all of God's creation points back to him and there's structure mm -hmm. to everything. So, it's, it's kind of like a, um, a uh, whatever we put a lot of energy into, the opposite can can drain it. So, for instance, you and I have uh, high values and very high intuitive. So for us, if people go a lot, if, if, if there's a whole team meeting about the past and how the past is work and let's repeat the past because we it, it's it's structured well and people put a lot of time into it. So let's, I mean, I'm already drained just telling you the structure. <laughs> 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 right <laughs> like oh. come on like 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 if, if it's all set up and all structured find somebody who wants to do that it's so yeah. draining i want to explore new ways of doing things improve things it's all it, it, it's, it's it's an out of balance sort of sort of piece and so i, I do recognize that that needs to be mm -hmm. i both appreciate now after studying people i appreciate that about some people that they're, they're willing to to keep the steady course man i am so thankful they do and I'm thankful that I can kind of help bring innovation. Well, uh, the, whatever we're strong at, the, if we're asked to do the opposite of that, um, it can be draining and could be draining quite quickly. Mm. Um, so understanding if, if you do type your team or if, if folks type their team, there's a lot of value in seeing, you know, where are your strengths and it'll help you know where to put the money in your, in your budget because if your team is really all dominant, say on, on intuition or intuitive, then you're going to need to maybe have to hire, uh, hire somebody to do the, the S for you or vice versa. If you're, if you're all S dominant where you're past focused or, and you say, but, but our, our teams are, our, our church is changing. We should maybe hire some intuitive people to come in here and just help us out, kind of get a new template in place. So um, let, me, let me give you a specific scenario because I'm actually going through this with my church right now because I think this is important and I like to draw analogies out of that. And so yeah. we we have uh, three overflow parking lots at our church now and we've exploded. And wow. so yeah. they have hired a guy to come in who is a traffic flow expert. And I had a conversation today with, with our facilities guy and he's like, yeah, they're talking about turning this like this and do this like this. And that'll let us get more vehicles here and it'll make the flow better. And I stopped and I went, uh, and I started laughing and he looked at me and I was like, it's like this guy does this for a living or something. Like it instantly made sense to me. And so one of the things that I catch myself doing is like, if you lay a baseline of rules, so the cars park this way, I will mm -hmm. operate within that. 
but then I'm going to try to find the best way to get people in and out of the parking lot without running into each other. Within those rules, within those I'll, rules, correct. optimize. Yeah. And I'll try to optimize and I'll throw suggestions out, but I'll try to optimize within that, or I'll give you another one. As a chaplain, I frequently find myself helping to deescalate volatile situations. And I had a lady recently that I was trying to read her and I, I give the Holy Spirit a lot of credit because I prayed going into this, but I realized she was probably as guilty as the person that was going to jail, but she was really doing her darndest to play the victim. And I realized if I played that, cause she was about to, to cause a fist fight and it, it was what was happening. And so I don't carry commission yet. I'm not a police officer yet mm. That's going fairly quickly. And the Lord keeps opening these, these incredible doors in my life. And so I find myself on the side of the road. There's a police officer. There's a ditch. He's about to be between two women that want to fight. The boyfriend's probably going to get involved. And it's just him with no backup except a crazy chaplain. And I, I come over there and I turn to this lady and I was like, ma'am, if you'll come over here with me. And she's like, touch me. And I said, then, then come over here with me. And as she started walking over there, I realized she really wants to play the victim card. And she wants to make sure that we perceive her as the victim. I don't think she was as much of the victim as she wanted to come off. And yeah. so I, I said, well, I tell you what, if I, I said, if we can create a little bit of space, about 30 feet, if you're not looking at her and you're not talking to her, there's a good chance this deescalates and there's a good chance she's the only one who goes to jail. So I tried to throw a hand grenade in there and go, okay. Right. Both the logic and the... Yes, and I'm yeah, gonna try yeah. to I'm gonna try to hit something with it. And she goes, Oh, okay. And she turned around and engaged me, and we had this charming conversation about nothing important. And I think that's one of the things that ENFPs are oftentimes good in a crisis because we flow within certain things. And I think that's right. part of what I love about the challenge of being a chaplain and and backing my officers. It's part of what I love about doing security is because I really love finding solutions and I really love problem solving within that. And those, it's almost never the same. It's almost yeah. never the exact same situation. And I think that is part of what I find incredibly fulfilling from it. But I, what's weird is, and I want you to kind of to speak to this. So I'll go home from, a, from I'll get there at 7.30, 7.45 in the morning. I go home at 12.45 in the afternoon. And I'm physically and mentally exhausted. Mm -hmm. I take a nap. And then I do really introverted things to recharge. Yes. So kind of, Boy, isn't Yeah. That's a misconception for a lot of people, right? If, if, if you're clearly an extrovert, why do you need time alone, <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> this is what's so powerful about also understanding personality. So I can speak a lot to you and I because we have a similar makeup, which is we 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 need objectivity of of intuition. So that means it means we're, we're out putting together puzzle pieces. Oh, this person's related to this person this way, blah blah blah, and we we just absorb. And, and but then but then our next highest function, our second highest function is introverted values and say, so then we need time. Stop talking to me. What does this mean <laughs> to me in the value structure that I built? Like, like I understand these concepts, these truths. And what does it mean? How do I tie it all together? Do I really think this person needs this kind of help or that kind of help? But mm. we don't want to do that necessarily uh, in a conversation. Then later on, once we've established what our values are. Then we kind of drivel it out as best we can. It's we're kind of weak here, and people with higher talking functions will be able, be able to say what you and I are saying in half the time. But we need to kind of. It takes us a little longer because we, our values are are well developed at the introverted time. But then we it's like we try to say it the best way, the most explain it the best way we know how. Mm -hmm. um, uh, using analogies that analogy didn't work how about this analogy the values are there I, I, i've worked out the values but how do i sell them to you in a way that you can own them your, that you can own them as well uh so we end up being a little weaker on that just a little bit it takes us a little more time uh but we it, need the introverted time yes and it is interesting because i find the introverted time really recharge me recharges me so um i love these conversations and and i come away from them like exhausted, but in a good way. Like when, yes. when I have, a, yep. and, and, and it's incredibly fulfilling. And then, and then I kind of need time to ruminate and chew my cud. And so there's mm -hmm. times like I'll go catch a movie and it's just like me at the back of the movie theater. I love to catch movies when no one's there. And, and so I do like these incredibly introverted things. Like I'll go on a hike by myself or I'll go on a day trip and go photograph something somewhere or whatever. And I do these really introverted things. And a lot of times I come back 
with a, like a major solution to whatever it was I was concerned about, mm -hmm. or I'll come back feeling really rejuvenated and catching myself going, I can't wait for the next ride along. I can't wait right. to, to, to do the next security thing and, and protect the flock. Cause you've been able to take all those objective views, kind of process them into the value system. Okay. Here's how I want to go forward. You know, the, uh, and we're extroverts. So we will, we, we need to get our, that tank filled and then we go process it all. The introvert on the other hand, they they want to build that, uh, and once it's built, then they'll kind of go out, get a little more, go back in. But we have to be a little bit careful. You and I have to be a little more careful around the introvert, not not to handle them with kid gloves. That's not what I'm saying at all. But to respect the idea that we that they're not processing things as as, as quickly because they're a lot more thorough. I guess we but it has a lot more thorough. And so sometimes if we ask them a question or want some feedback, it's really good for us to count in our minds to five or to 10 and just kind of give that space. So I've learned this with my wife, who's an ISFJ, uh, just to respect it. Like I want to have a fast paced conversation such as we're having here. It's cool. We're both ENFPs, but when we're dealing with an ISFJ to, to give them that space and not to think of it as they're not thinking slow. Yeah. They're just thinking differently. It's a different process. Yes. So my wife as an ISFJ, she's saying, okay, how does this work? How does this conversation that we're having this new idea, work at how does it relate to something i already know from my past where does it fit in and nothing wrong with that it is part of the design you know i think each personality kind of shows a part of god in their in their structure god's mm. unchanging he's the same yesterday today and tomorrow and in the isfjs and they have that si dominance is like like we have a God who's, who's consistent and, and I want to be consistent, you know? And so they kind of show that. So, so when we posit new ideas or, or novel ideas, it's okay that it takes a little time that we don't just always go with whatever cool idea we think will really help Let that SI or that ISFJ take some time to see how is this actually going to work, you know, giving space for that. Well, and I think that's important because let's take that to our relationships at home or work and then over to church safety. So, you know, I've mentioned things to my wife that two years later, she comes back to me and says, you know, I've really been thinking about um, yes, what you were talking about. And I think right. we need to do it. And and then even more so my dad and my wife can be very extroverted, but she, she can be a very deep thinker. And a lot of it for her, I think she, she's very concerned about other, how other people will feel based on the decision that we make. Mm. Let's not do this because it could hurt this person. And, and part of my personality is like, well, we're married and I love you. And uh, that, that person that's not inside of this marriage shouldn't really have a say. And so that's yeah. part of, that's part of where people fight in marriages. But um, my dad was a really deep cerebral thinker. And I remember, I remember asking my dad a question one time as a teenager and it was a life question. Like, like, this is like, how do I, how do I look at this in life, dad? Mm -hmm. And me being an ENFP, we just pop off answers and we can generally tell you something within seconds. And we might come back later and say, here's a deeper meaning of this, but we connect dots very quickly and for better or worse. And we may even see correlations and applications that aren't really there. You know, sometimes yeah. we might jump to too much of a conclusion, but coming back to my dad, my dad would literally like, I asked him this really deep life question, the kind of a meaning of life question. And he goes, huh? And then stop talking for two weeks. I'm like, I'm not kidding. Like, wow. like, like he would, he would interact with other people. But when we were together, his processor was like, and he was processing and ruminating yeah. on this. And so we had other conversations, but like, like he'd be with my mom doing things and he'd be at the lumberyard. He built homes. He'd be at the lumberyard doing things. He'd okay. be at the church doing things. But then if we were working together, he was just like, and I was like, what in the world? And being ENFP, I'm like, would snap out of it. Come on, let's yeah, go. Yeah. And then two weeks later, I kid you not, he turns to me and we're going down the road, listening to the radio. And we had had some small talk about something. And he goes, you know, and then he launched into his answer as though there was no break between the two. And wow. like, I was like, um, 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 oh, like I moved on the stream of consciousness had gone that water's in the ocean now. And right. I had to go, I had to backpedal and go, oh, and then he gave me this really deep meaning of life answer that was a blessing, but his CPU had to crunch on that for like two weeks. Yeah. 
I bet it's still, I bet what he said is still relevant today. I, we didn't yeah. talk about it, but so, so some of that is, uh, when, when that's the kind of the difference is that, that internal values or internal logic, once they've processed it, it's like they want that to stand the test of time. <laughs> like we, we, you and I want our values to stand the test of time. Like, like when we stand before the Lord, we want to say, this is how I chose to live the life for the values because I understood it this way. Mm-hmm. And so we want to, but, but, but how we, and I say this tongue in cheek, how we sell those values to other people is, is, is like, I don't know how to sell these values to you. Cause I think, I think this is what God wants us to do. Does it, if I say it this way, does it work? If I say it that way, does it work? <laughs> like what works? How do I get these values across? Yes. And, and so we have this, this objective logic side that we use and other people have an objective value side. And, uh, it's very interesting to see how this is designed in people. When you see it, you can be so much more patient with people. Well, uh, and it's part of maturity because we're, we're supposed to be mature believers. And I want to give you a different scenario. I recently was dealing with a team and I was, I was being asked to, to talk to this church. And, and so I was talking to a church and there was a conflict between one team and some of their leadership. And there's a couple of people on the team and you'll get a kick out of this, but they're like, okay, we need to do this now as a stopgap so that we can get this other thing done, but we, we've got to go now, now. And some of the leadership is like, right. And it's going to be kind of rough for a while, but let's not. And then we can really do it right in three months. And we develop these because if we're not careful, because I think the way I think, because of nature and nurture. How was I raised based on building on top of the way God made me? And so I problem solved differently. And and so there was a there was a conflict that arisen. Like, okay, people, if we're not careful, we're not going to protect people adequately, lovingly. And both sides have the same goal. And both right. sides have the same desire. But it I could see the rift and I was trying to find a way to communicate and say, hey, you're both going to get what you want. Like, and, and one of the things that, that James and I both love this, James McGarvey and I both love this saying, cause we both watch the show blue bloods. And so we share him in common as a friend. So you'll appreciate this, but, but the, the commissioner, Tom Selleck says to the mayor fairly frequently, I serve at your pleasure. And we have to remember in church safety, you know, that there's many different kinds of cheap dogs that are motivated by many different things. And we have many different values that bring us here. Yeah. We all serve at the pleasure of the shepherd, the immediate shepherd being leadership and then and then our Lord and Savior. And so I think that's one of the things, and I kind of want to shift that way and see what your thoughts are. Conflicts can arise within anything, within marriage, within friendships, within business relationships, within churches. Oh, shocker. We could have yeah. conflict in church because we could actually have the same desires, but because of how we look at how to get there or or we prioritize things differently, mm-hmm. we can run into conflict. So, yeah. As you're saying this, what's coming to mind is, is I, I very, so go back to go forward. I'll mm. use your line for a second. Yes. The, the uh, this idea that the Bible doesn't talk about personality in, in the way that you and I are talking here in America. Mm-hmm. Like we're an American, we're Americans. And, and the Bible wrote it more universally for every tribe and nation under heaven to be able to read. So I think and this is how I'm observing this. I think that when the Bible is talking about one person's the eye and one person's the hand and one person's the foot, hmm. I really think that this is a universal way of speaking about something that we're sort of speaking about here. Hmm. And, and so you're an ENFP and I'm an EFP. So one of the things I found in my own life, and hopefully this will relate back to the story about that communication between the two is mm-hmm. if, if we're, if, if the eyes, if the eyes are looking ahead at a problem or a situation, they answer to God It's between them and God. The eyes has to do the eyes job. I see this, but then God humbles us and says, okay, you see that you can inform the body, but there's nothing you can do about it. Your hands are tied. <laughs> I, I work with the hands. And in a similar way, the hands have their job. They're not seeing. They're the hands. And and there's this humble, there's this very uh, humbling. And on the one hand, you have to be very humble. And the other hand, it's very honorable. Like like I, I, I'm the eyes. I serve the Lord. This is what I see. This is hmm. what we should be seeing. 
But then God doesn't say, but also making you the hands and the foot and this. Like, no, that's all. you have your role, your job, your 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 strength. Nice. Um, and so when we when we're when we're seeing that in a team, if we understand actually Paul even starts that whole section off saying, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning spiritual gifts. Like I, mm. like I I wouldn't have you ignorant that that you're designed these certain ways. And if if you try to belittle yourself because oh, because I'm not the hand, am I not part of the body or uh, all these different parts, you know? Amen. So making that 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 team work is is what is my role, and then answering to God for that role, and then not going beyond it, not going to the point of well, this is the it's the shepherd's responsibility to 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 see that the church runs in decently and in order. It's my job to inform. That's my job, but the shepherd has his job, and so kind of giving space for those two roles, and it's not an exact parallel, but I think it's. No, I think that's important because what you, what you just sparked in me is um, somebody will come to me, and I I do security and safety, uh, what I call the church safety space. I do it for different entities, and some of them mm -hmm. are outside of church, some of them are inside of churches, and I'll have a conversation with somebody that's frustrated, and I'll say, "Well, that's above my pay grade." And they're oh, like, yeah, yeah but we got to fix yeah. this. And I'll say, okay. And you just said it rather eloquently. I liked that. I may use that. I'll find a way to, to adopt that and make that work for me. Because what you said was my job is to make it aware, make people aware of it is so now leadership knows that this is a thing or this could be a thing. And so I'll put feet on it. So I go to a church and they ask me to do a walk around and I say, you know, the first thing I notice is that uh, 25 feet from the building is you've got a curb that would lead somebody right up to the door that right on the other side of that door, they count the offering. So if I was a threat and I was going to steal, I would walk up, wait for all the offering to arrive, point a gun, say, thank you very much and run out yeah. to a waiting car and 30 feet away. I make my escape. Oh, right. I see. Yeah. Or, or, this church is next to a set of railroad tracks that sometimes haul hazardous materials. So do you have a plan for a derailment to do a de facto evacuation if there's a derailment in your area because of the fact that this could be a thing? Or mm -hmm. or um, uh, there was another one that had occurred to me. I try to be a here's the problem, here's a, a potential solution kind of guy. And then I try to remember, and I don't have this completely down. This is actually part of why we're having this conversation because I'm an eternal student. And I, like you just said, it isn't that this just worked. We're always going to do it this way because it's always worked. Well, not every solution is, not every answer to every problem is the same answer. And so I'll be talking to a church about something and, ah, bollards. So I was talking to a church and they, they I was talking to somebody that was like, well, it's never been a problem. So why do we need to change? Yeah. And, and so that was where they were at is, is, is very looking back. And, and I said, you know, so in France now and England and different areas, terrorists have jumped curbs and driven into crowds using box trucks. Um, and, uh, you know, at, at this, at this medical facility, I got drove a truck through the front of the building or, mm -hmm. um, or I, I know of umpteen people in my area that, um, drove over curbs and through the fronts of buildings because they forgot which pedal was which. And uh, so, yeah. And so I, I try to say, hey, the last thing we want in the parking lot is 17 people with compound fractures mm -hmm. and to overwhelm all of our local hospitals and somebody potentially die because we could have put in a couple of bollards. And yeah. I like the ones that they lock because a lot of churches, especially you're more modern, you're more modern on the move, um, uh, non-denominational churches, they bring vehicles and back them right up to the door. And it's, it's more like a theatrical production because they'll move all this equipment and go to another venue and do something. And they need to build okay. back the truck right up to the door. They're not static and they don't have a pipe organ. They're not static and they don't have. And so they're like, for them, they're like, well, that's going to be really inconvenient when when we have to back a box truck up to the doors and i'm like okay but if we put a couple of bollards in and painted them in a really cool color then you have a padlock and you unlock it and now now we can have our cake and eat it too. it's a win-win yeah yes it's yeah. A, oh yeah. you just you just one of my favorite phrases because <laughs> yeah. i believe that in most cases there's a way for you to win and there's a way yeah. for me to win and i don't know how many times i've been talking to somebody that they're like the scene is something and everybody's really angry and i'll give you a I'll give you a civil issue that we deal with all the time that frustrates cops to no end. And so they're at a house and you've got a tenant that won't leave and you got a landlord that's like, look, you're not paying your bill and I'm evicting you. Well, the letter of the law is on the side of the tenant mm -hmm. until 
the landlord goes to the judge. And what I've started saying is, hey, listen, right now, for better or worse, the tenant that's not paying their bills, actually the law's on their side. But if you want to flip the switch and the law to be on your side, you get a judge to sign off on it. You show them that this person is not paying. The judge signs the eviction notice and the sheriff's department comes up and says, hey, Billy Bob, you got to go. Yeah. Okay. Everybody just won. And because, you know, and I, like I was telling one of my cops today when we were visiting, I said, once I carry a commission, I really don't want to have to arrest people, but it's going to happen. It's just yeah. going to happen. And I literally, when I find myself in one of those situations, because I'm a solutions guy, and I really would like to find a way for people to win if at all possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at somebody that's about to get their backside arrested because maybe they won't leave a scenario that they're, that they need yeah. to leave. They've been told to leave and they won't. I'll say, Hey, listen, listen to me. The backseat of that cop car is for pedophiles and rapists and murderers, and you're none of those. So the, the backseat of the cop car is for criminals. The last thing I want to have to do is put you in there. So the letter of the law is you've been told to leave. You have to leave. If you don't leave, unfortunately, I have to put you in a place reserved for really bad people. Do you want yeah. that? Because I don't think you do. And for the person that's actually willing to listen, that could actually reach them. And it's it's part yeah. of my hand grenade approach. Then you're going to have the person right. that's going to look right at you and go, guess you're going to have to arrest me. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, that, and then you know that's that's a, you're bringing up a really good point, and that hmm. speaks to this hmm. personality. We have a sin nature, no matter how much communication, how well everything is, we've got a sin nature. We're born with it. We're going to die with it, and uh, may may the may the Lord uh, uh, cover. He, he's going to cover us with mm -hmm. his with his sacrifice. Not everybody, not unless you unless you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, right? Mm, but but barring that, uh, even with all this understanding of personality, we have a sin nature, and we can use that for God's glory or not. So in a team, it's also we don't actually you don't know, have you can talk about this a lot, um, but it, it, it's also true that when you understand personality, you can understand which team members really need to go because they they have the capacity to just not doing it, and so. Oh. That that's another aspect of this we don't really talk about because we prefer the, no. the, the happy parts and the, the, the joyful wow. parts. Wow, that's a whole this, other aspect. I want to make sure that you're listening to this. Pick up on that because there are people that, like, I was joking with somebody. I said, "You you've got your 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 slow show because they're always late. Your no show because they don't show up. Your faux show because they don't actually do anything. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're faux show. They're only there for yeah. show." And then yeah. you've got people that are really there to do something. And what you just said is for that person that refuses to really invest themselves in that role, they may need to be trimmed away. Yeah. Which is hmm. not, I don't, I don't enjoy that part at all, but that's the no. truth of the matter is we have a sin nature. Hmm. And sometimes if you can understand, what, what's, what's beautiful about this is that you can discern a little better, a little more wisely. Are they, is it their sin nature? That's just kind of, what we're dealing with or is, are they just, are we just grading against their personality? Mm -hmm. Like if, is it, and that will help on certain discernment and how to uh, build a team wisely. Like I say, I don't enjoy talking about that part, but that's the truth of it is if, if you understand a design better, you can more wisely talk to them about, you know, I don't think you're really, your heart's not in this and perhaps mm -hmm. you should serve it somewhere else or, so I, I want I want to throw this different slightly different direction because I think we're on a good roll and I want to I want to I want to do the yeah. ENFP thing and deflect a slightly go for it. We're the the pinball thing. So yeah. so um, I dealt with a volatile situation at a church and the guy backing me like he had told me his background and his chops and he was on point. Like he he literally had trained with people that I deeply respect and I was like you can have my back any day. And like his hand-to-hand -hand skills. And uh, so he was really good with his hands. He was really good with his firearm. But his one of his strengths was not um, uh, was not communication. And he literally told me, he's like, look, if something happens, I don't do what you do. I just stand mm. off to the side and watch their body language. And if something stupid happens, I move. And mm. so we had a situation and somebody was trying to carry a weapon into the church. It, they were not being... Um, aggressive. And I don't think mm -hmm. they had an agenda. It was a guy that just wanted to open carry his gun. So I come from the American Midwest and like little old ladies in their cars carry, carry guns where I'm from. Yeah. Like, like, the, like they'll have a new state trooper move to our area and he'll be working. And the first thing the old state troopers will say is assume 
Yeah. Everyone has a gun in their vehicle wow. and you go to other parts of the country and that's not how that is. And so this guy came walking up to the door and there are, there's a stream of hundreds of people coming. And wow. I looked at how he was carrying and what he was carrying. It, it said, I don't really know what I'm doing. The choice of weapon, the choice of, of how he carried the, in a holster. And, oh, what okay. and so as I was, I wanted like me. <laughs> and uh, well, and that's a matter of, you can fix that with training. So, but that's, that's a, a matter of being teachable in training. But the interesting thing to me is as the guy was walking up, I walked up and my, my counterpart walked over and went to what law enforcement calls the interview. Well, so he moved over to a position where he had a clear view, a slightly different view of the person and a clear field of fire in theory, or at least a clear mm -hmm. approach. And so he was talking to me about it. And um, he said, uh, later, he's like, you're on point and you, you have this amazing ability just to talk to people. He goes, I don't. I don't think on my feet like that. He's like, I'm looking at hands. I'm looking at eyes. I'm watching body language. And and he, when you look at him, he looks like a statue. When he goes into that mode, he's like emotionless oh, because like his yeah. processor is like, is like really going. Yeah. And so all of his senses are honed in. And like if he was a horse or a dog, like the ears would be up and, and gotcha. pointed, you know? Yep. And, and so you can speak to his personality type probably as well. But in that moment I was communicating with this guy and, and I was like flowing liquid listening to what he was saying and talking to him and trying to figure out what, what are the things that I can say to this guy that will help him to understand, Hey, we love you. <clears throat> we want you here. We respect your rights, but, but property ownership rights in the constitution are equal. Got to get my hands in the camera here are mm -hmm. equal exactly equal to the second amendment. So, so if I come to your house and I'm armed and you say, Hey, I'm not into that. Sorry. Can you put that in your car? Okay. Well, if you don't want to do that, then I'm going to have to ask you to leave. The, literally you I have see. the right to say, Paul Buckner, mm -hmm. I love you, but I don't want your gun here. You have that right. And then I have mm -hmm. the right to say, well, I guess I'm not going to come back. And, and we both have that right. Yeah. Well, so I was trying to figure out how to say this as much in love as possible. So super empathic, all this stuff, had a great conversation with the guy, made him feel welcome. And you could tell he was like, yeah, but how hard are you really going to push to make me not do this? And he never said wow. anything, but it was very passive aggressive. And so I yeah. tried a new tactic. And so I said, hey, I said, how far out did you have to park? Oh, way out there. And it was about as far out as you could park at that time two two sets of additional parking lots ago and i said wow. i said man i hate to make you walk that far but brother I, I you know missouri law is you have to have the permission of the pastor to to be able to carry here and our yeah. and we have a dedicated team and officers on site and they take care of that for us and then he came back in and i gave him a great tour i mean it, like it totally worked out but so this he did guy, he brought it back then yeah yeah and he came up and okay he was excellent like, like he went out there and he dropped it off and i had guys kind of watching then he came up and then i gave them like a loving i call it my 50 cent tour i gave him a great yeah. tour of the place and i was like this is over here and that's over there and i like to joke i use humor a lot because i'm like i'm like hey i said you're gonna love the worship it's loud and that's great because no one can hear me sing and, and it gets a laugh and then people move on and it made them feel super comfortable well, then I was talking to this guy later and he's like, man, I was glad you could do all that stuff because that's not really my bag. Like, yeah. you know, and so what I want to do, I, I tell this story as a really drawn out anecdote, but within our teams, there's people who have strong suits. So if, if you said to me, Paul, your role is always to not say a word, I'll do it. But if you say your word, your, your thing is to always never say a word and, and not, and not interact with people and go stand in the corner and be security, I'll do it. I won't find it fulfilling. But then if you put that poor guy who does not roll that way and you say, right. go deescalate that guy, he's going to go, ah, uh, right. I'll do it. But anyway. Yeah. Excellent. And, and, and boy, if you could, I'm sure there, there's a lot of personality there. And, but also there's probably, you know, some, if we were, if we're trained well, like if you and I were trained well to do uh, like, like keep lists and schedule our days as little kids, and we valued that deeply. Yeah, there's a good chance we'd be doing that, but it's not the norm. And uh, so we, we tend to just let our days happen to us, and we, <laughs> we, we value them. We value them as we go along, you know. Um, but but yeah, this is the this is the understanding like the, the the sin nature versus the design. And if you're telling the ear, and this is you know again back to the illustration, if you're telling the ear, I want mm -hmm. you to go walk over there and walk over here and walk over there, or you tell the foot, listen to that guy, listen to this. And they go, I'm not designed for it. Like I I. I but if you tell the foot walk over there and they say, I don't feel like it, I'm not gonna, I want to walk over here. Now you, you understand the difference, you know? And so it's, it's kind of like this, this gentleman, if he's, if he's, uh, 
observing the observing, observing the environment and, and loving the church and being like in the zone uh he's given his best mm. boy what a loss if you say you know what you need to be talking to people you need to be Copy outreaching that. and shaking hands that's what that's what a good person will do and then and then you you nix him because of that he's not designed for it real assess yes. and a waste of waste of resources you know, I find that humor often deeply imprints on people. And I don't mean like making fun of people, but like Jesus. Jesus had a great sense of humor. The other part where he said, uh, have you read? He told the Pharisees, have you read this in the scriptures? Because if you had read it, you would know. And he's telling the Pharisees, he knows they've read it. <laughs> have you read this? If you had read it, you'd know. You know, like, oh, wow. Okay. That was rough. That was, uh, that was ouch. Well, and they, right. and they they had to memorize it, and I, I think we missed some of those things yeah. as as post first century Christians, because two thousand years later we're like, oh, okay, and then we're, and but we don't really get it because they they were made from children to memorize the yeah. Torah. Americans today, if we were honest with ourselves, um, we would. Um, most of us would be like, well, I don't really know enough scripture and memorize enough scripture. And, and maybe we try to be Holy Spirit led, but you need both. You need the word, you need the spirit. And what Jesus oftentimes was saying to the Pharisees is, man, you've, you've read this stuff and you can, you can literally quote it verbatim, but you don't get it. Right. You don't right. get it. And anyway. Yeah. This has been the Let's Talk About Church Safety and Security podcast. We hope this blessed you and we encourage you to like and share this episode with your ministry team.